Uh, let's jump in here. Just a few thoughts for us as we celebrate here our Father's Day. And I'm going to be speaking to fathers directly and future fathers as well. So that includes you young men all the way down to the youngest of age. And I don't think I need to convince you today that there's a concerted attack against fatherhood, against manhood, against masculinity. And I I know Google is at the heart of the problem because yesterday morning I was working on my message. I had it all done. I've actually been collecting notes and stuff for over a month. And boom, the whole thing, my whole message and notes, everything was gone. So I know Google's at the heart of this. They're... So I regrouped, got everything together, and then I lost it again this morning. But I was smart because I copied it before I went to... Anyway, so here we go. (laughs) Actually, fathers are okay. The culture is willing to accept fathers as long as they're portrayed as inept, foolish, dunces, you know, anything like that. As long as they don't portray, they're not portrayed in the strength that they really have in God then that's completely acceptable. And we have many surrogates who are willing to step up, eager to step up and fill that void that fathers are missing today in the lives of their children, the lives of their families. We see many artists who are wanting to step up and fill that role. Hollywood's wanting to step up and fill that role for us and say, hey, this is who you need to follow. You need to listen to my voice. The porn industry, different ones along the way. Fathers, being a dad is the second most important job you have. Second most important job. Men, this job is so important to God and to your natural children, your adopted children, your your spiritual children, different ones. It's so important, so critical to the structure, to the strength, to the fabric of who we are as a culture and a nation. And we see the breakdown of the family more and more as a result of fathers missing their role. Fathers are the most powerful voice on the planet. I might step on some toes this morning and and offend some different ones. I'm not meaning to do that. I'm not meaning to sound brash or anything like that. But fathers are the most powerful voice on the planet. Father God's voice in our lives is so key. And this has nothing to do with value, that women are any less valued or anything. It has to do with function and purpose and specific calling from God. And we desperately need fathers to step into that role. I think some of you, Lisa mentioned uh, my dad, Dennis Trout. I think some of you can hear his voice right now, bellowing, you know, fathers, where are you? Come back to your post, you know? Yeah. The most powerful prophetic voice on the planet. They give direction. They give purpose. They give identity like no one else can. Who we are as fathers is who our kids will become for good or for ill. It works both ways. 
Who, are, who we are is who our kids are going to become. That should put the fear of God in us. There's a, an amazing statistic that's out there, and I, I don't remember the source of it right now, but it's something uh, 89 to 91% when, when a... Um, or excuse me, when, when, a mother, when, a, when a mother makes a decision for Christ, only 17% of her children will follow if she's a single mom. And I bless God for our single moms. Man, they, the, the, the fight that they've had and the work that they've had, double duty and, and all the rest. But here, I'm just telling you that what's going on, 17%, only 17%, they say, will follow in the footsteps of their mother. 89 to 90% of children will follow their fathers in the faith and walk with God if they see a life, the life of Lord lived out in their life. Wow, staggering how powerful the influence of a father is. Again, Either way. It's the most powerful voice for gender identity. When there's so much gender confusion today, a father speaking identity. You are my son. You are my daughter. This is the way God made you. This is who you are. It's the same echo that happened in Genesis chapter 1. When God was creating, He was creating, He took something that was nothing... He took nothing and created something out of nothing. And He spoke it into existence. And we see in God's Word, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our children are receiving life or death based upon the things that we're saying. We are creating Father God's identity into them. And they are going to do so for, their, for our bloodlines. We cannot just think about our own lives. We must allow God to pull us out of our own selfish mindset and our own distractions to see our bloodline, to see the generations to come after us. They are depending upon us making a stand with God today. Amazing power to create. So they are the most vo- powerful voice on the planet. And they are the, the, the power of imitation and spiritual impartation is off the hook. You've seen uh, pictures, you've seen depictions in movies, and you've seen it in real life. Fathers, I know you've experienced it, where you're standing there and all of a sudden you realize everything that you do, your son or your daughter is following you. They're mimicking you. They're doing exactly what you're doing. Next thing you know, they're talking like you. They get older. They pick up the phone, as I used to do all the time, and people would say, Dennis? And I was like, no, this is Eric. Why? Because I sound like him. I'm talking like him. I'm acting like him. John chapter 5, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. It's built into us. I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father speaking. Who we are is who our kids will become. What a huge responsibility. What an amazing privilege we have. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you to go there uh, real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's an amazing passage of Scripture. 
really a watershed scripture for the children of Israel as they're passing from the book of Numbers into Joshua going into the promised land. And it says here, these are the commands, laws, and regulations, verse 1, that the Lord your God told me to teach you so you may obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And so you and your children and grandchildren might fear the Lord your God as long as you live. See, God carries the generations in His heart. They're inseparable from Him. If you obey all His laws and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely to everything I say. Be careful to obey. We have a saying in our house, listen, learn, and obey. And I got it right here. Son, daughter, listen, learn, and obey. That learn means to remember. Don't forget. Listen, learn, and obey. Listen, learn, and obey. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Spiritual leadership, spiritual impartation, morning, noon, and night. Unfortunately, I wish my kids could, we could selectively, you know, delete out the bad things that might come out of me. But they get it all. But we're imparting to them regardless of whether or not we want to. So may Father God, through us, impart His heart to them. And how many know that's a lot of work? Yes, it is. The next thing that I want to just give to us as fathers, there's this power of invitation, spiritual impartation. The next thing would be the power of asking forgiveness. One of the greatest gifts a father can give to his children is asking forgiveness. And I'm not talking about just, hey, I'm really sorry about that. I'm talking about son, daughter, I was wrong. I did not represent Father's heart to you. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? This gift will continue to be passed down through the generations. Humility is absolutely communicable. Humility will be passed on to the generations. Please forgive me. Maybe some of you, you know, as I'm talking about some of these things, you're going, well, I, I didn't have. I, I didn't get that. Neither did my dad. But he gave it to me. Jesus gave it to him. He received that from other spiritual fathers in his life. Spiritual brothers who would give those impartations to him and he received those things. Even though he didn't have a, a, a dad who knew the Lord. The next thing would be purity and holiness. Purity and holiness. In 1 Peter 1.16, Peter is echoing Leviticus 20 and he says, Be holy as I am holy. He says, God says to us, Be holy as I am holy. Fathers with integrity, can we say this to our children? Can we take Father's words to us as His sons and daughters and can we say those words to our own kids? 
be holy as I am holy. I like that because it doesn't say perfect as I am perfect. That's, that's not the bar. But be holy as I am holy. Last night I had an amazing privilege. Uh, went with a number of other fathers, Bob and Todd and I just drew a blank. Who else went with us? Simon. And uh, we had a wonderful time. We went to a father-daughter purity ball. Dressed to the nines. The girls were just looking beautiful, amazing. And uh, went with a number, probably uh, 300, 300 other fathers and daughters that were there at the Bellevue Hilton. And it was such a phenomenal time as we danced, as we heard words of encouragement uh, in regards to purity and saving uh, our, you know, our, for our daughters, challenging them to save themselves uh, for, for Jesus and for their future spouses. Most of us are calling our daughters and our sons to a level of purity that we didn't know that we didn't embrace. But we can never parent according to our own experience. We must parent according to God's Word. The Word of God is our standard, not our experience. Covenant begins with Christ. Dad used to always say this all the time. Covenant begins with Jesus, not with marriage. We don't all of a sudden wake up one day and we're covenant-minded. It begins with our covenant with Jesus Christ. Purity and holiness is not about abstaining from sexual expression before marriage as much as it's about living a life of undistracted devotion to Jesus. I love what it says in Ephesians 5. Imitate God, verses 1 through 4. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you're His dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. Following the example of Christ. I don't have an example. You have the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Asking forgiveness, purity and holiness, and loving affection. Loving affection would be the last one I want to share with you. Ephesians 3, this is such a great, great uh, scripture. If you'd go there with me, I want to read it. All scriptures worth reading, but this is just packed such a wonderful punch. Paul is writing here to the church at Ephesus and in verse 17. He says, I pray that Christ will become more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in Him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. 
That's a plunge that a family gets to take together. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. That's an eternal journey that we're on to discover that. Those depths. Now, I love that. May you have the power to understand. Say understand. understand. So where does understanding happen? Okay? Understand. It's a, it's a, okay, I get that. I get that. Now, check this out. I love this. May you, verse 19, may you experience. I don't want to just intellectually understand Lisa as my wife. I want to experience our love together. Sorry, that might have been a little too much for people. But... Um, <laughs> But may you experience the love of Christ, right? We don't want just mental ascent. We don't want to just sing songs and kind of, you know, go through the motions of this, you know, religious Christian life or something like that. Whatever we make it, we want to experience the love of God. And that happens through Jesus Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. There's that eternal journey. Then you'll be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May our children not only understand and know that we love them because we tell them, but may they experience the love of their daddies. Come on, dads, right? I mean, I I get it. Again, there's many who didn't grow up with that type of affection from their own fathers. And so it's difficult sometimes to give something that you weren't given. But again, is that all dependent upon our experience from our natural father? Or do we get to experience something completely new from our spiritual father who gives us all the love and more that we could ever contain? And so we can't allow those things, our own experience, to hold us back. I don't mean to put anybody on the spot either, but our sons and daughters, they're going to get affection from someone some way. It is being offered constantly. This distortion, this twisting of what love really is, what affection really is. The primary avenue of affection that shapes and fashions the hearts and minds of children for Christ is fathers. So, we said fathering is the second most important job. For men and fathers. The first one is for dads to love their wives. For my children to see me loving Lisa. That's the most important thing that they could ever catch from me as their daddy. To know that their dad is so in love with their mom. That I have eyes only for her. They're going to catch that. And they're going to take that into their own marriage. And that is going to be a powerful force of protection over their life. My dad did such a wonderful job of displaying appropriate affection toward my mom, toward my sister, and toward me. Both physical touch and words. Things that he rarely got from his own father. And dad, I want to tell you, you did an amazing job. And you still continue to do that. 
kisses from daddy, hugs from dad, holding. Loved hearing Jesse talk about that with you, Jay. Constantly. That they would hear, babe, my princess, you're beautiful. You're so beautiful to me. Some of you gals who, you haven't gotten that from your daddies. You didn't get that growing up. Father, God is saying that to you now. Hear Him. You're so beautiful to Him. So precious. So tender. You're not who those guys have said that you are. That is not the value that you have, what was spoken over you, what was taken from you, why you were pursued. That's not who you are. The God of the universe, the one who looks into the depths of your heart and sees your hurting, your pain, your greatest joys and thrills. That's who loves you. I think it was every day. I'm sure it wasn't, but I'm, I'm positive it was. Every day, I heard my dad tell me, Eric, I'm so proud of you. You know, that, that would come after a major screw-up sometimes, too. You know, son, I, I wasn't proud of your choices that you made, but I am so proud of you. And there's nothing that will ever change that. Being working on my messages, youth pastoring at Christ Church in Kirkland, and still remember him coming in as he's heading home. Come in, just kind of, you know, give me a little massage on the back, and just, Eric, I'm so proud of you. Just lay his hands on me, pray for me. Just the anointing of the Lord on me to be able to deliver the Word of God and just as a father myself and so many times the encouragement of uh, when you're just battle-weary from being dad. The ability for daddies to fill up our kids' love tanks on and on and on, over and over and over again. As we as daddies are filled up with our Father God and our love tank gets filled up, then we get to overflow to our children and give them the love that they need. We're in a battle to secure the affections of our kids for Christ. Many different depictions, and we'll close with this, many different depictions of what a father is supposed to be. And unfortunately, we have the Bart Simpsons and all those different ridiculous uh, depictions of the culture's idea of fathers and the attack against them. I wish we were perfect, but that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need Jesus. Malachi 4 says, and I'm coming to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. And that, include, that of course, includes the daughters as well. But what an amazing statement of God's intent. And this is right at the end 
of the Old Testament. And Jesus was going to be that turning of the hearts. But there we have this initiation that comes from fathers. Just as the initiation to come and save mankind started in the heart of Father God to send Jesus to save us from ourselves and from our sin. As He he sent Jesus in the flesh to die on the cross for us. Also, He's sending fathers like you and me to come and be a part of God's love rescue of the generations to come. But we must turn our hearts toward our children on an ongoing basis, a regular basis. What is our trajectory? We're raising future men and women. That's how we've got to approach them. Not just as little kids. I don't approach justice as an 11-year-old kid. I approach him as a future man. We are the example of, of who our sons will become and who our daughters should expect to marry. That standard should be really high. These chumps come along, you know, trying to you know, pull at their heartstrings and their affections and emotions. And they just say, are you kidding me right now? Have you seen my dad? Have you seen my dad? Do you have any idea what you're dealing with? He has set the standard and the bar so high. You just need to go back from wherever you came from. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Jesus said. I'm the clearest, clearest representation of Father God. And the only way to become a true father is to become more like Father God through His Son, Jesus. I love it. I love it. I love fathers. Fathers, you're doing a great job. Listen, stay in the fight. Don't you ever give up. Jesus never once gave up. Never once gave up. And He's not about to. Don't give up. Learn. I want to encourage fathers. Get in with some other guys. Some guys that you respect and you really value and you see fruit in their lives. Get in with them and say, could you help me? Man, I need some keys. I need some help. Would you guys stand? I need some keys and I need some help. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us and then I'm going to have uh, Mr. Larkin come up here and, and he's going to say something to you all. Oh, would you just raise your hands up and just throw your heart up there with it as well when you do? Father God, you've helped us uh, more and more to see the kind of fight that we're in. It's a real battle. It's a concerted effort to diminish the influence of fathers so that the enemy can get at the generations to come. We're saying no. We're saying no. We're saying, God, make in us fathers that will create future men and future women who will carry your heart. Let us be those fathers. There's a powerful spiritual impartation to our kids. Let husbands be work at the greatest work they'll ever love to do, which is to love their wives. More and more, would you strengthen our marriages here in this congregation? Strengthen marriages. Help us get those keys that we need to love each other deeply.
May we not just understand your love, Jesus, from an intellectual standpoint, but may we know and experience it so that we can overflow as fathers to our families. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank